upon further review, Tennessee still won against Austin P. It was still ugly, but uh, I do have some notes, some more opinions, and some more reactions. It's Tennessee's 30-13 win over Austin P. But hey, it's Florida week. It all starts right now here on a Monday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is the Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. We're a top uh, 100 football podcasts in America, all because of you, and uh, it's, it's a whole lot of fun, kind of breaking down, discussing everything Tennessee Volunteers football, 30 minutes or less, and we couldn't do it without you. This episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel, uh, official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $5, can, can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On to go ahead and get started today. Uh, so today on the show, what I want to do is uh, give you some of my notes upon the rewatch, and then we'll kind of get into scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network and then stats and Kane are great. So again, Saturday night, late Saturday night, the postcast, um, it, it was late at night and it was raw emotions, reactions, and I, I like that because I get to go back and watch the, the tape again on Sunday and kind of make notes and, and trends and chart things and then come back with some more updated notes. So if you didn't uh, hear the postcast from late Saturday night, I encourage you to go listen to that. It's uh, wherever you get your podcast and, of course, on uh, on YouTube as well. So Joe Milton was not good in this football game, not breaking any news here. We know it. I mean, if you look at his final stat line, it's like, oh, he completed 63% of his passes, 21 to 33, two touchdowns, 228 yards, not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. But Tennessee completely gave up on throwing the football down the field. It went lateral. They went lateral passes uh, pretty much the entire second half. I read this uh, notes on. Um, I read this note on Saturday night behind the line of scrimmage. Joe Milton was ten of eleven for 112 yards and a touchdown. Zero to ten yards in front of the line of scrimmage. Joe Milton was ten for 14, and he completed 71 percent of his passes. So and that was over 100 yards. So pretty much 20 of his 21 completions came behind the line of scrimmage or within the line of scrimmage at 10 yards. Within 10 yards, uh, he had one completion down the middle of the field to Brew McCoy, who had to slide and make that catch uh, for 20 yards. But you know, throwing 20 plus yards down the field, Joe Milton was one for four on the day for for 20 yards. Um, we know the issues with the wide receivers. We know about the drops, but I went ahead and, and, and charted this uh, in my notes. And a lot of this was in the first couple of drops because, again, Tennessee went to the lateral passing game, the screen game, and all that type of stuff in the second half. Uh, the first throw that was missed on the first drive to Brew McCoy, it was thrown behind him. Uh, in, in real time, I was like, oh, Brew, make that catch. Go back and watch it. It was, it was not a good throw. Uh, drops it, but it was thrown behind him. Bad throw. Uh, same drive, very next play. The throw to Squirrel White was high, and maybe that was a good miss because the safety was going to come down hard, and he still hit Squirrel, and, and it kind of sucks because you were laying your guy out there to draw, to, to, to take that hit. But if he would have had the football, maybe that ball would have flew out. So maybe that was a decent miss, but a miss to Squirrel White on the very next play, that was high. Um, on the second drive, well behind uh, McAllen Castles. That was a rounds on air throw. Nobody was around McCallum Castles on the drag and threw it behind him. Uh, again, in real time, I'm like, make that catch, right? Help your guy out. 
But boy, that was a bad throw. Again, a routes on air throw. And then you get to Squirrel White's on that second drive, the very next play after the Castle's uh, mishap. And Squirrel White is at the sticks on third down and drops the pass. Uh, later in the third drive, McCoy is overthrown in the end zone. Bro McCoy, uh, just overthrown completely, bad throw in the end zone. Um, in the fourth drive, Dante Thornton drops a pass down the sideline. It was a scramble drill, and it was a really nice play by Joe Milton to get in position there and throw down the field to give yourself a chance, but Dante Thornton just drops it right there on the sideline. Uh, that same drive, Thornton, um, it was fourth and three from the plus 17-yard line going in, and Thornton's ball gets uh, PBU by the de- by the defender. It was on a slant, and if the ball is just thrown in front of him, if you lead him just a smidge, you're walking in for six. But it was thrown kind of on the hip, and it allowed that defender to get in there and get a hand on it and swat it away. And then there was another bad drop, a Jabari Small. It was third down, a screen play, eighth drive of the day in the third quarter. Uh, it was third and something, but it was a screen play. And you had Gerald Mincy right in front of you, Jabari Small, to lead block. You had two receivers down the field blocking, engaged, you know, hat-on-hat defender, and, and you dropped that ball. So, again, Joe Milton was not good in this football game. He wasn't. Um, is it the end of the world? Does Joe Milton sucks? Or does Joe Milton suck? Is Tennessee going to lose every single game? No, I'm not trying to overreact here. I'm just I'm just putting facts here. Joe Milton wasn't good in this football game. But, boy, his receivers didn't help him out at all. I mean, didn't help him out at all. And so I think that was very disappointing uh, upon rewatching, kind of tracking some of those things. So, again, um, you know, credit Tennessee for adapting to the new game plan, the lateral passing game, the screens, all that type of stuff in the second half. But you're going to have to throw it downfield to beat Florida. You know, how many how many defenders is Florida going to put in the box to stop the run? Uh, are they going to beg Joe Milton to throw over the top? I, I think they will at some point in time, and Joe Milton's going to have to rise to that occasion. So, again, the passing game just wasn't insane whatsoever. The holding calls on the wide receivers, good grief. That was the fifth drive in the second quarter, and it was back-to-back variety there. Uh, or, you know, one it was one flag, and then a couple of plays later it was another flag. And the first one was called on Squirrel Wide. Didn't get to see the replay. The broadcast didn't show the replay. The other one was on Brew McCoy, and I thought Brew McCoy just manhandled him. I, I truly did. Now, when your hands are up here around the shoulder pads, that's when it gets a little risky. you got to be in here in the chest plate. And for a second there, Brew McCoy's hands were up around the shoulder pads, but he, but he got him in in plenty of time, and they got through the flag late. So I, I didn't agree with that at all. Uh, Josh Heupel was not happy with that whatsoever. And then later on, Ramel Keaton got called for it as well. And if you're going to call offensive pass interference, okay, because Tennessee flirts with that every single week. Uh, because, you know, you, you want to throw it right at the line of scrimmage. If the ball is thrown behind the line of scrimmage, you can block. If it's thrown at or above the line of scrimmage, you can't block. So if you want to call offensive pass interference, I get it, because Tennessee flirts with that every single week. But they were calling holding, and Josh Heupel was just not thrilled with that in postgame, I can tell you that. Uh, the interception uh, that should have been, or the or the fumble that should have been, if you will, uh, they called it a uh, they called it a incompletion on the field. They reviewed it, and, and they said they said that it was still an incomplete pass. And how in the world it the ball was caught? Kamal Haddon came around and punched it loose. Yet Aaron Beasley pick it up and run the other way. That was he got three feet down and had a football move. If that's not a fumble, I don't know what the hell is a fumble. I thought that was really bad. Um, so the the officials, it's it's tough to be official, and I don't want to be one. It's a thankless job, but boy, they were bad. And that was an SEC crew. They were bad the other night. Um, Jabari Small had a rough drive. I mentioned the drop screen pass on third down. It was the eighth series of the day on first down of that drive. 
Uh, he missed a block and got Joe Milton sacked, the only sack of the day. Uh, let's see here. Kamal Haddon was flagged twice for pass interference. Both of those were legit. Okay, you got you to track the ball. If the ball's underthrown, the receiver just has to stop. Kamal Haddon's going to run right into him, just like what happened. That's a flag. It's a flag every time. I knew it. You knew it. Kamal Haddon knew it. But the same thing happened in the south corner end zone with Squirrel White. The defender did the exact same thing Squirrel uh, that, uh, that Kamal Haddon did, yet there was no penalty. So I'm a little confused on the consistency in that regard. Uh, that was just mind-blowing when I went back and watched it on tape. Just mind-blowing. Um, I thought Wesley Walker played well, applying a lot of help over the top in coverage. I thought uh, Danico Slaughter, <laughs> he had one bad series. He was targeted once, gave up a touchdown. Then a couple plays later, he gave up the only touchdown for uh, Austin P in the game uh, when he just slept. It was a 52-yard reception. Dude just slept in man-to-man coverage. That can't happen. I thought Kamal Haddon, he was flagged. you got to figure that out. But I thought Kamal Haddon actually competed. And I know this is an unpopular opinion. A lot of people don't like Kamal Haddon. I thought he competed. Should have had a, a forced fumble in that game. Uh, he turned around, got his head around, had an interception later in that football game. Had a couple nice PBUs. Um, he's got to fix... He's got to fix fix his uh, defensive pass interference tendencies by getting his head around. But I thought he competed and competed in the right way. So anyway, those are some of my notes. Uh, special teams very much improved. Rough first punt for Jackson Ross. He had three boomers after that. Three for three kicking field goals. Six kickoffs. Five touchbacks. One out of bounds. Uh, you you don't want any out of bounds. But I thought the special teams was much much better. So. Anyway, those are some of my, uh, my my notes that I took, and uh, we'll get to some more stats and canter grades coming up in segment number three, but um, a lot of these are correctable. A lot of these are correctable. These are not the end of the world. So many of these things can be sharpened and, and, and fine-tuned, and you're going to be okay. But let me be clear here, and I'm not breaking any news. You know it as well. If you go down to the swamp and you play the way you did offensively against Austin P, you're going to get your tail whipped. <laughs> it's just, it's as simple as that. So can you correct some things? Can you sharpen some, you're not going to be perfect, but can you sharpen some things? You know, we'll find out. It's a big week, Florida and Tennessee. That's coming up. Uh, previews, crossovers, all that's happening and more right here on Lockdown Vols all week long. Can't wait for it. Okay, so uh, when we come back, we'll get some uh, scoring plays courtesy of our friends over at the Vol Radio Network, Pat Ryan. And, of course, Bob Kessling. So we're going to hear those here in just a second right here on Lockdown Vols. It's time for your Game Changer of the Week, and that's brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, much like Aaron Beasley. Goodness gracious, am I right? Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Aaron Beasley makes Tennessee's defense actually look good. (laughs) Nine tackles, five TFLs, uh, another – was it two sacks? Was it two sacks on the day? Yes, two sacks on the day. Aaron Beasley, I don't know if he'll be SEC Defensive Player of the Week. He might. But boy, he looked really, really good. And Athletic Brewing Company is good as well. Completely changed the game in non-alcoholic beer. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength bar. Okay, And you can find Athletic Brewing, uh, Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. Or you can buy online today at athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athletic brewing at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. 
Hey guys, welcome back into your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. Quickly before we get back into the program, I do want to, um, uh, I, I just do, I do want to take a second. Um, man, this is uh, this is a tough day uh, for you know for our country. It has been for quite some time. Um, 9-11, it, it hits you. When you look down, like I'm looking at my computers right now, I'm looking at a camera, but I've got monitors everywhere, and I see the date in the bottom corner, and, that, and that's kind of, you know, every day when I go in here and edit everything, and I'm posting for the next day, and i got to think, what's the date for the next day? And I look down there, and today it's 9-10-23, meaning tomorrow is going to be September the 11th. Um, thoughts and continued prayers to the families of those affected, gone, not forgot, not forgotten whatsoever. What a tragedy in our in our country that day, September the 11th. Um, but man, I loved how we came together, and uh, you know, we we really came together as as a country. And I love that feeling. I mean, I was a young kid when that happened, and the years that preceded that, of course. But I uh, just want to take a moment and say, you know, those those people they're gone, but they're certainly not forgotten. And I want to continue to to pray for those families affected for sure. I know. Several families who were affected, I'm sure you do as well. And, uh, you know, what a tragedy. September the 11th. Uh, never, ever, ever forget. All right. Uh, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network, want to get into some of these scoring plays. I do have written and verbal permission from the Vol Radio Network to play these highlight calls on Lockdown Vols. And uh, they're fun to listen to. But the, the first little bit of scoring, it was kind of a seesaw affair. You get a field goal. You get a field goal. You get a field goal. It was really, really, really boring. Tennessee falls behind three to nothing. It was the opening possession for Austin P offensively going 48 yards on eight plays to take a three nothing lead. Tennessee would fight back uh, the 551 mark of the first quarter. You had Charles Campbell. He was good from 28 yards to give Tennessee a tie ball game at three apiece. Matthew Solansky to snap it. Jackson Ross to put it down. Kicks on the way, and that kick is good. Awesome people come back and respond, kick another field goal, capping a 67-yard 12-play drive, 8-15 mark of the second quarter, taking a 6-3 lead. Tennessee wins the middle late. I'm going to count this the middle late. It's just outside, uh, 55 seconds outside, but they start winning the middle late here. Uh, yeah, Charles Campbell once again tying the football game up at 6-all, 65-yard play, 65-yard drive on eight plays, 37-yard field goal at the 4:55 mark of the second quarter. Snaps a good one. Kick on the way is spinning to the uprights, and that kick is good. I mentioned winning the middle late. Tennessee goes, makes a stop, gets the football back, and Tennessee goes down the field, 67 yards on 11 plays, 204 off the clock, scoring with 15 seconds. Left on the clock in the second quarter, Joe Milton calls his own number, a six-yard rush on the quarterback power, making it 13-6 to in favor of the Big Orange. Milton has three wideouts to the left, one to the right. That's Keaton, single covered on this right sideline. Milton back to throw. Quarterback draw right at the middle to the checkerboard. Touchdown, Joe Milton. They spread him out. And Joe Milton on a quarterback draw goes right up the middle for Tennessee's first touchdown of the day. And Tennessee goes out in front 12 to 6. So that is a quick 10-0 run, if you if you will, keeping track like it's basketball here. And uh Tennessee is going to get back into the end zone just inside the second half. Uh dominating, completely dominating that being the middle eight. You win the mid eight, you're gonna win the game typically. It's Ramel Keaton hauling in a five-yard touchdown reception from Joe Milton, capping a five-play 66-yard drive that took only a minute 21 off the clock. 
at the 13-30 mark of the third quarter. Tennessee had a comfortable lead at 20-6. Second and goal, Tennessee at the five. Milton back to throw, looks, fires over the middle pass, caught, touchdown Tennessee, and that's a quick slant to Ramel Keaton. A five-yard touchdown, and Tennessee scores its first possession in the third quarter as Keaton pulls in the touchdown as Tennessee now improves the lead to 19-6. It's a 21-0 run that was unanswered because Campbell uh, adds three more, capping a eight-play, 44-yard drive, 230 off the clock. And at the 633 mark of the third quarter, Tennessee led 23-6. 22-yard field goal attempt right in the middle of the field. Snap is down. It's a good one. The kick is on the way, and that kick is good. So, again, you should be beating the brains off this team, right? I mean, it should be 50-3 to at this point or whatever the case is. But you're feeling much better. It's 23-6. to You're like, all right, defense is playing well. Offense is not playing well whatsoever, but you did respond. You won the mid-eight. You found the end zone twice. Your field goal kickers just booted through three, looking sharp. And then Austin P kind of makes it a little interesting here. Midway through the fourth quarter, actually the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter, uh, you get the end zone for the only time on the day, scoring a touchdown. They they had targeted uh, Kamal Haddon all day long. They target Danico Slaughter, and he gets beat on one. It was just a really, really good play, good catch up in the air. And then a couple plays later, they go back to Danico Slaughter, and he's in man coverage. He completely trips. It wasn't a busted coverage. Danico Slaughter just tripped. And when you're a man-to-man, that is disastrous. A 52-yard pass and catch to make it a 23-13 lead for the Big R. Two wideouts on either side, drops to throw. They pick it up. He's got a wide open open down at the 30. That's going to be Goodman. He's going to go to the 10, to the 5, and all the way for an Austin P touchdown. 52 yards, a bust in the Tennessee secondary, and Trey Goodman came wide open down the left sideline, and DeLillo hit him in stride for the touchdown. And so I thought it was a bust in real time as well because when you see somebody going wide open down the sideline, nobody around him, it's like, okay, who messed up? You go back, you watch the replay. McCullough, the safety help over the top, had somebody else. Again, it was man coverage. And Slaughter just tripped. Sometimes it happens. It is what it is. Tennessee does add another score, making it 30-13. to with, I mean, it was less than a minute later, capping a four-play, 75-yard drive. McCallan Castles gets into the end zone from 43 yards away. Here's how it sounded, courtesy of the Ball Radio Network. So now they throw it out to the near side to Castles, the tight end. Makes oh, the nice. The tackle to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, all the way to the checkerboards. Touchdown! Tennessee's tight end, McCollin Castles. Catches the ball on the little screen pass to the left and just barrels his way 43 yards for a Tennessee touchdown. What I loved about this play was Brew McCoy was blocking his tail off down the field, allowing that play to happen, springing the tight end from 40-plus yards away to get in the checkerboards, get in the end zone. Love that. Again, the wide receivers had a horrendous day. I'll get to my, uh, my, my grades here in segment number three. But I love the effort. I love the want to. I love the passion. I love the let me get my hands dirty. These wide receivers want to knock somebody out. These wide receivers want to get up there and get physical with the cornerbacks. And they got flagged for it a couple times in this one. And Josh Hopple is going to be sending those plays into the league. I can promise you that on a Monday morning. He will be sending those plays into the league saying, what's going on? What are we doing wrong? How can I teach this better so I don't get flagged? Uh, again, he 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 loved it post-game press conference. Um, I even followed up because I was trying to get him to comment on this because it was going to go into a piece that I was writing. 
Um, does that aggressiveness kind of lead to those penalties? And he's like, I essentially, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not going to say anything. So that's how you know how he feels about that. Do want to give Tennessee credit? It was goodness gracious, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, fourth quarter. All right, it was the last drive of the day for Austin P. In the fourth quarter. Mm, hold on, sorry. Here we go. And Tennessee makes a goal line stand. Tennessee makes the stand at the goal line. It was fourth and goal from the one. The quarterback ran it up the middle, stuffed by Roman Harrison, uh, stopping a 14-play, 74-yard drive that went seven minutes and nine seconds off the clock. Tennessee, a goal line stand there at the end to preserve the 30-13 to win. Again, the game was never in jeopardy, okay? But doesn't 30-13 to look so much better than 30-20 to against Austin P? <laughs> Again, trying to polish a turd here. Saturday night was not a good night. Josh Hobble said post game, "Hey, I don't, I don't think that we played poorly. I don't, I don't think our focus. All right, let, let me, let me say that again. He said, I don't think our focus was poor. I think we were dialed in and ready to go. I thought we had a good week of practice, um, but you, you, you weren't in sync, and you got it. You got to settle in earlier on offense, and especially in the passing game, and that's kind of where this was." We'll come back. We'll get into some Kaner grades and some stats. That's coming up next as you listen and watch us right here on Locked On Vols. I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Okay, the NFL season is finally here. It started yesterday. And I don't know about you, but I put some coin in my pocket uh, because of this great new offer happening at FanDuel right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I'm going to say that again. $5. 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything with spreads, the player props, and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. A little deep in the program, and I haven't even mentioned it yet, but uh, Twitter Tuesday is tomorrow. Any questions, comments, concerns you guys have, uh, let us hear them at underscore Kane or at Lockdown Balls. So when you get to take over the show, you every day or tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday, get me in any questions you guys may have. Tennessee also fell two spots to number 11 in the latest Associated Press poll. Stayed put at number nine in the in the uh, coaches poll uh, following week two action. All right, so we'll get some stats here quickly. We'll go and, and read some things down here. I'll tell you what I like, what I don't like. Tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Just kidding, I'm not going to do that. Um, overall yards, total yards of offense, Tennessee 456. That's a little low for Tennessee standards. 339 for Austin P. Tennessee ran 65 plays on offense. That's really low. Austin P. ran 75 plays. Tennessee averaged seven yards a, seven yards a play. Austin P. averaged 4.5 yards per play. Penalties, not a very good, clean game in terms of penalties. I talked about some of those a moment ago. Tennessee penalized 10 times for 88 yards. Austin P nine times for 75 yards. Uh, passing yards, Austin P threw it 200 for 260 yards. Not great. It wasn't the greatest game defensively in, in that regard. But again, you were playing from behind, and, and Austin P just couldn't run the football whatsoever, so you were pretty much one-dimensional. Uh, Tennessee did throw it 228 yards. I found this interesting, especially in the second half, because Tennessee did not throw it down the field whatsoever, uh, except for that one play to Brew McCoy and the one five-yard touchdown on the slant on the goal line to Ramel Keaton. 
Uh, Tennessee still averaged 6.9 yards per pass attempt. I found interesting because they threw so much behind the line of scrimmage in the second half. Anyway, yards rushing. Tennessee, again, another solid day on the ground. 228 yards, 7.1 yards per rush. Really impressive. Austin P, 79 yards, 2.3 yards a carry. Tennessee did not win the first down battle. Austin P, 19 first downs. Tennessee, 17 first downs. Uh, third down conversions. This is now the third game in a row that, or really the fourth game in a row, that uh, Joe Milton has started, and it's been poor on third down. Tennessee, 3 of 12 on third downs. You had Austin P 5 of 18 on third downs. Fourth downs, Austin P converted 2 of 5 of them. Tennessee, 0 of 1. Red zone chances, Austin P 2 of 3 in those opportunities, both field goals. Tennessee was 5 of 6, but only two times of those five were they touchdowns in that football game. Uh, let's go and look at... The Tennessee stats. Joe Milton, again, I read his stats earlier. Uh, 21-33, completed 63% of his passes, 228 yards and two touchdowns. Stats look fine. And again, credit Tennessee and Joe Milton for adapting to the change in the in the, in the the game plan. The lateral uh, passing game, the screens, all that type of stuff, getting it out to the perimeter. Tennessee just did that in the second half pretty much. Uh, stats look good, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, wide receivers, Ramel Keaton, six targets, five receptions, 52 yards, a touchdown. Brew McCoy, targeted eight times, five receptions, 31, 31 yards. Squirrel White, eight targets, four receptions, 30 yards. Uh, McCown Castles had a touchdown on two on one reception, targeted twice. Here's the story, and this, this goes to further prove my point of how Tennessee completely changed the dynamic of its passing attack in the second half. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six pass catchers in this football game had more yards after catch than they did receiving yards. So again, this means that these were passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. Squirrel White had 36 yards after the catch, 30 yards on the day. Jalen Wright, 22 yards after the catch, 18 yards on the day receiving. McCallum Castles, 45 yards after the catch, 43 yards on the day. Jabari Small, 17 yards after the catch, 14 yards receiving on the day. Jacob Warren, 13 yards after the catch, 11 yards receiving on the day. And Dylan Sampson, 13 yards after the catch, 9 yards receiving on the day. I think that's really, really telling and showing you how Tennessee's game plan just changed. Uh, let's go to that run game. Boy, it was pretty. Jalen Wright continues to be Tennessee's best player on offense. I wrote a story of allquest.com Sunday morning. I retweeted. I'll get it out there at underscore Kaner. But for right now, as you're still trying to figure it out, figure out your passing game, Dante Thornton didn't play in the second half, mind you. If you would have told me the biggest surprise two weeks in would be Dante Thornton, the things you heard about this guy over the offseason and during workouts, and again, I still think that he's a tremendous player, and I still think that he can do really good things in this offense, but so far he's made no impact, no impact whatsoever. Uh, Jalen Wright, 118 yards, 9.1 yards per carry, goodness. Jabari Small, 95 yards, 7.3 yards per carry, goodness. Uh, really, really like that stuff. Again, Charles Campbell, three field goal attempts, three makes, 28 yards, 37 yards, 22 yards. You like that? Josh Turbyville, don't kick it out of bounds. Six kickoffs, five touchbacks. You love that. One of those was out of bounds. Um, and then let's go to the defense. Aaron Beasley, goodness gracious, man. Five TFLs, nine tackles, two sacks. He's good. He's gotten better and better and better every game he's played at Tennessee. He is good. I think Tennessee clearly has one best player on defense 
and one best player on offense right now, and that's Aaron Beasley, and that's Jalen Wright, bar none. Uh, Wesley Walker had a good day, six tackles. He had a sack as well on fourth down, mind you. Tamari McDonald, I thought, had a pretty decent day. Uh, five total tackles, had a TFL. Gabe Judy Lawley had a TFL. Tyler Barron had another sack. Kamal Haddon had an interception. Karat Garland had a sack. Joshua Joseph, James Pierce, they had sacks. Uh, Tennessee, again, 14 tackles for loss, seven sacks, one interception. Tennessee's defense continues to look pretty good. So with that being said, let's go ahead and give out my canner grades. A lot of you guys hated my grades last week, so buckle up. You're going to really hate them this week. <laughs> um, this is just kind of what I see. I'm no teacher. I'm no football coach. Just something fun we do here at Lockdown Balls. so have at it. Uh, here, here's it, here, here it is. And um, <laughs> I'll start off with a bang here. Joe Milton, the quarterback position. Again, not all this was his fault. The receivers, just as bad. Joe Milton was not good in the first half, and, and he just point blank just could not throw the football accurately in this one. Uh, that does not mean that he can't. That does not mean that he sucks moving forward. That does not mean that Tennessee's going to lose in games. Well, I'm just saying he's got to pick it up. He's got to play better. Quarterback position gets a D this week. Oh, yeah. People are mad. I hear you. People are mad. Let me hear it. Go back and watch the tape. It wasn't pretty. Quarterback position, D. Running backs, you get an A, although Jabari Small had a really rough series, dropped that screen pass, uh, whiffed on a block at Joe Milton's sack, but still overall, the good makes up for the bad. Running backs get an A. Tight ends get a B. You had a touchdown reception, and when you run for 228 yards, the tight ends are a big part of that. Wide receivers, if your quarterback is going to get a D, your wide receivers are going to get a D as well, okay? Not helping your quarterback at all. If he's struggling, sure, the pass may not be as accurate, but but help him out and reel those in. There's a couple of those that should that could have been caught, even though bad passes. Um, penalties, even though I don't agree with a lot of them. Ramel Keaton had a fumble. Uh, wide receivers, not a good day. D. Offensive line, B-. minus. You ran for over 200 yards, that's good. You only allow one sack, so that's not horrible, but I felt like the pocket was not as pure and as clean this week because they were playing a lot of games, and, and that's good to see. I mentioned this on Saturday's show. Uh, that's that's really, really good to see. You want to see that because Florida's going to do the same thing, mixing things up, twists, turns, lose, blitz, blitzing from the second level. Offensive line got thrown a lot, and uh, they did, they managed pretty well overall, but it wasn't as great as you like it to be. I would say a B-. minus. Defensive line, A. Linebackers, A, primarily because Aaron Beasley. Boy, he was great. Uh, defensive backs, I'm going to get a C, and I understand a lot of you guys are saying, well, Awesome P threw for, you know, the quarterback completed 74% of his passes. Yeah, that's not good. Threw for 260 yards. I get all that, but they were completely one-dimensional. Completely one-dimensional. Couldn't run the football. They had one impact play on the ground, and that was a fourth and two run by the quarterback. So, again, the run game was was completely not even there. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with that. I thought Wesley Walker played well. I thought Tamari McDonald played well at times. I thought Danico Slaughter had one drive. It was costly. And again, I thought Kamal hadn't battled. Man, he got flagged a couple of times. That's got to get corrected, okay? I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. But he came back, and he he should have had a forced fumble. He was competitive, had a couple PBUs. He got his head around a couple of times, picked off one ball, played it perfectly. He was not great, but I thought he battled. And, and that's more than what I could say from him last year. And then coaching, I'll give it a B as well. I'll give it a C. Coaching's a C. You should have you should have just looked. So the product should have been so much better. And what a missed opportunity. Didn't have a chance to play young guys. I mean, I wanted to see Nico Iamaliava. I wanted to see Christian Charles and, and not Christian Charles, but I wanted to see, well, yeah, him. But I wanted to see 
John Slaughter and Ricky Gibson and Jordan Matthews, some of these young DBs, right? I mean, I wanted to see some more young guys. What a missed opportunity. Does not mean the world's coming to an end. Does not mean the season is over. It's a big week coming up. Florida, Tennessee, it's a rivalry week down in the swamp. And I'll spend all week long previewing Tennessee and Florida. We'll start with Twitter Tuesday questions. Get those in at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. We'll spend all day tomorrow answering your questions when you take over the show. You everydayers, love you guys. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for being here. Big week coming up. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.